Chapter 24 It was dark when I woke, yet light enough to see silhouettes of trees cast on the tent. I sat up and touched the colorful wool blanket covering me. I blinked and took in the mat I slept on, the purple tapestry that hung next to the mat, and a basket full of herbs, jars of oils, and bandages. My blue pack from home was across from me, and Dad's sweater laid out over the blanket. Hugging the sweater up to my nose, I breathed in a hint of Dad. How many times had Dad watched the time, wondering if I'd ever come back? An ache grew inside. I missed Dad as much as I'd missed Mom. But I was adopted. Dad was not my dad. Laying aside the white robe that had been set out for me, I put on the yoga pants and tank top from inside my pack. I pulled on Dad's sweater and laid back down on the mat. Surely Dad would still take me back. Did Mom consider me as her own, or had I been replaced by her actual son? Next to the basket was a bowl of water, a cloth, and a bar of soap. I dipped the cloth into the water, dabbed into the soap until there was a lather, and scrubbed my face and pits. Inside my pack, I found deodorant and mouthwash. At the bottom of my pack was a brush. A stirring from the other side of the tapestry made me pause and lift the edge of the purple cloth. Mom laid on her mat, her back turned. I recognized her shoulder-length black hair that I'd not inherited and thought back to what Carper had said about me having Mom's eyes. That, too, could never be true. Letting go of the tapestry, I brushed. I'd never known Mom. She was gone nearly my whole life, and nothing about me came from her. My breath stalled. I felt around my neck and clung to the pendant. I had one thing that was Mom's. Abram power. But I was not an Abram. Then whose blood did I have? And how had I become one of the three chosen? I heard more stirring behind the tapestry and the sound of feet shuffling. Mom's head peeked around the edge. You're awake. She sat on the cot and felt my head. Temperature's good. You look better. Is that... She sniffed near me. Mouthwash? Found it in my bag. Can I have some? Mom grabbed the wash, dumped it into her mouth, swished and spit it into the washing bowl. I wouldn't be washing my face again any time soon. Ah, my mouth hasn't felt that clean in over a decade. She eyed my brush. Would you like me to brush your hair again? Mom's brushed hair. Women who pretended to be my mom didn't. Why, Elohim, why bring me to Mom only for me to learn she's not who she says she is? I risked my life for her. I don't think so. Mom sighed. Can I get you something to eat? You must be hungry. You slept a whole day. Wow. So it was day four marching around Moon City. Good. The closer we were to being done, the sooner I'd go home. I guess I'm hungry. Maybe she'd get the clue and give me some space. Okay, but, Pero, we need to talk at some point. There's nothing to say. I came all the way here for you, and I don't even know you. But I've known you since you were a newborn. I've loved you every day. Yeah, for three years. No, Pero. A tear ran down her chin. I wanted to wipe it. I wanted to smack it. 
for 17 years and eight days. I looked up. You remember my birthday? She nodded. Of course I do. If it really was my birthday. I folded my arms and held them tight against me. But how can you claim to love me as a mom and love Sam in the same way and expect me to fall for him? It's too strange. She placed a hand on my knee. Honey, you don't have to fall for Sam. It's okay. Mom was always alive in my mind, yet I'd never imagined there to be a Sam. Sure, there'd been a connection between us, but it had faded the moment I learned Mom was alive for him, too. Yet no matter who this woman was to me, I loved her. I hesitated, then curled up next to Mom, laying my head on her lap. This was where I wanted to be. How am I one of the chosen? Mom rubbed my head. I don't know. Elohim loves you, Peril. I'm sure of that. Who are my parents? Mom stopped rubbing my head. I don't know that either. I was at our old house not too far from Moon City and looking for salmon when I heard you cry. You were swaddled in a blanket and inside a hollow of a tree that was tall enough for me to stand in. I picked you up. Right when I held you in my arms, I ended up in the hallway of your dad's apartment. I sat up. Are you serious? She had closed one chapter of her life and opened the next. You never went back for Sam? Mom put her hands up in a question. I couldn't figure out how. I tried the same closets that had gotten me there before, but none worked. And I couldn't go back to where I first started traveling when I was 17. Where was it? I'm... you... I can't tell you. It'd be too dangerous. Mom pinched her bottom lip. Some are hunting for us, the Chosen Three. But don't worry. They're far enough away from you whether you stay here or return home. Are you coming home with me? She turned away as if she hadn't heard. I'll find you something to eat. Never mind food, Mom. Are you coming with? We can't. I've tried Carper's Mansion, the rooms in Moon City's walls, and I've looked for the tree with the hollow where I found you. It's not here. I thought the necklace would bring us back. I thought so too, but when Carper had the other necklace for me, it still didn't work. Maybe it will, now that all three of us have the necklaces. Mom shook her head. The doors open up randomly and for different people. Carper and Jimmy have traveled between worlds twice. The first time was to find me, and the second time was to find you. I scratched my ear. How do I get back home? If you're supposed to go back home, it will happen. When I found you in that tree, that tree hadn't been there before. What do you mean? Mom shuddered. It grew right before my eyes. I think it's Elohim who brings the doors. My heart beat faster. There was one who I'd seen make things grow in an instant. Do you think Elohim's using Sam to grow them? Mom's brow furrowed, then her eyes widened. The vision! Pero, I think you may be on to something. But how would Sam grow the opening you disappeared through when I was three? You're right. He wasn't there, so couldn't have grown it. Unless it's Elohim's power that causes growth, no matter where Sam is. Do you think Elohim could have used Sam's gift to grow things before he was even born? It's possible, Mom said. Elohim once said to a Lasari prophet, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. 
I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Could the same be said about you and me? I asked. Did you ever have warrior skills before you learned you were one of the chosen three? I did. It was weak, but the gift was always there. Mom smiled. It was in you, too. Whenever I sang a lullaby, you sang along, even as a baby. We were born with gifts. Why had my birth parents not wanted my gift? Why had they given me away? Would my dreams of mom be replaced with the parents I never knew? Mom hummed. The tune sounds familiar, I said. Is it the lullaby you used to sing me? Mom nodded. It's an old song that's been passed down about Elohim. Some call him Yahweh. It's a name so holy and sacred that we don't address it to him out loud. It means, I am who I am. Can you sing it? I asked. I'll try. She cleared her throat. I am who I am. Do not worry about tomorrow. Don't you worry about today. My child, I love you. And I am your king. Elohim was our king, not Carper. Hadn't Elohim directed me so far? Then why choose Carper when we had all we needed? Carper didn't come close to Elohim. But maybe it wasn't about who we were or who we came from. Maybe Elohim chose out of love. Mom sang, Even in your suffering, Even in your pain, Even in your discomfort, I am who I am. She was quiet after. I smiled. Mom? Hmm? I like that song, but your voice isn't how I imagined it to be. Mom laughed. It's better? Oh no, it's terrible, but it's better because I hear it. She rested her head against mine, and in that space, I couldn't be mad at Mom for not telling me the truth. I couldn't be mad at Dad either. They loved me, and that was enough. Hello? Sam's voice from behind the tapestry cut me off. Can I come in? Oh no, I wasn't ready for another proposal. I shook my head at Mom to keep her quiet. She gave me a disapproving look. In here, Pero's awake. I groaned. Perhaps I wasn't sorry for my anger towards Mom. Sam peeked his head around the corner. His eyes sparkled when he saw me. I looked the other way. I brought food for both of you, he said. Thank you, Mom said. But I was just about to grab some myself. I think Peril could use what you brought. Thanks a lot, Mom. On the tapestry, two black rings circled around a purple background. In the center was a deeper purple that mesmerized my senses, allowing my body to relax. Mom left. Sam set down a plate of food on the floor next to me. From the corner of my eye, I saw Sam sit on the floor. I picked up the plate of bread and grapes and took a bite. The bread was soft. I washed it down with a cup of water. Are you going to look at me? Sam asked. I set the cup down. My gaze landed on his, brown and deep like a chocolate ocean. His mouth curved into a sly smile. He'd shaved his beard, his cinnamon skin smooth with no scar. I couldn't deny the fast pitter-patter in my chest. 
I turned back to the tapestry. No, I'm not. I took another bite of bread and looked away. Sam cupped my face in his hand and turned it back to him. I'm sorry. He let go. I chewed and swallowed. For what? For jumping on you like I did. I was excited we weren't related, and when Jimmy offered me the land, I wanted you to be a part of it. I couldn't imagine leaving without knowing you more. Panic escalated. I melted from one look at Sam, but that couldn't determine whether I should marry him. Sam tucked in a knee and circled his arms around his leg. I need an opero. This is difficult for me to ask, but I want to know that our feelings for each other are mutual. Or if... if you are interested in someone else. I gulped. Someone else? He meant Henry. Yeah, is there someone else? I should tell him that there was nothing between me and Henry. But was I sure there wasn't? When Henry kissed me, I wanted more time to think about how I felt about Sam. And here Sam was in front of me. And he wasn't my brother. And he was handsome and kind and patient. And he was one of the chosen. His land would be so close to my house. Yet, while I was far away from the place I lived, who made me feel more at home? The answer slammed against me like a heavy weight. Henry. I looked at Sam, his eyes darkened to damp mud. As he scanned my face, I let my eyes answer. I'm drawn to you. I'm one of the chosen with you. But I cannot love you. Sam's nod confirmed he'd understood. I tried to make sense of my feelings. Maybe I'd change my mind. Maybe if I left with Sam, I'd forget all about Henry. Never. Henry was not the type to be forgotten. In a day, the feelings I had for Sam had already lessened. Sam, I reached my hand and placed it on his arm. I'm ready to be friends. Okay. His unsteady voice told me otherwise. Row girl. From behind the tapestry, I heard Henry enter the tent. Your mom said you're awake. Sam and I stood on impulse as if to finalize that whatever had happened between us was over. Henry's long feet stuck out from under the tapestry. Can I come in? I walked around the tapestry. Henry's grin reached his ears. I'm so glad you're okay. I need to tell you something important. Is it about Jimmy? No, nothing has changed. Sam stepped out from behind the tapestry. Henry's countenance grew grim. Oh. 